Hey, listeners, if you are thinking about divorce and concerned about your children, please go to my online parenting plan course. It will help you plan how you're going to parent through divorce and beyond. And I promise you, it will keep conflicts from erupting in the future while keeping you centered on your children. Check it out at lisakoski.com. Welcome to Doing Divorce Different. Join family law attorney turned mediator, Lisa Kosky, for candid conversations on how to alleviate the fear of divorce and how to heal through empowerment. Now your host, Lisa Kosky. Welcome listeners. I am thrilled to have you here today and I'm really excited for you and I to get to know Paulette Rigaud. Did I say that right? I always, I asked you. Rigo, but that's okay. Rigo. I put a little Wisconsin slang on it. <laughs> so Paulette is in Atlanta, which we were talking about the weather. We were saying we're more sunny weather girls. It's been pretty dreary here in Wisconsin. But the reason that Paulette is on is because she's helping a lot of people divorce better. And she is the founder of Better Divorce Academy. She's written a book. Better Divorce Blueprint, and she's got a great podcast called The Better Divorce Podcast. So, Paulette, we're so excited to get to know you and talk through divorce. So, welcome. Thank you, Lisa, for having me. I am honored to help and support, educate, guide anyone from the very beginnings of that inkling of, uh oh, I'm thinking about divorce, or maybe my spouse is thinking about divorce. Mm -hmm. Maybe we're talking about the D word all the way to what do I do now? Yeah, the whole thing. And I, because you brought that up, I have to mention, there's a quiz on your website. <laughs> there is. Yeah. How do I know it's time or I'm ready to divorce? I think that's fantastic. So we're going to get into all that and coaching. But first, I want my listeners and I want to get to know you a little bit better, too. So can you share the story of what led you to do what you're doing? Sure. I was born and raised in Boston. I do not have an accent. I can fake it if you want me to. <laughs> I'm not a fan of cold weather, so I, at the ripe old age of, I forget what it was, in 2016, moved to Belize for an opportunity there to run and direct, manage a 2,600-square-foot uh, aerial yoga teacher training retreat center, an Ayurvedic spa, still have a property there, but moved to Atlanta four years ago. So I, that's my, my chronological Di, you know, destination um, story. That uh, kind of sounds amazing. And I'm a little jelly, <laughs> Belize. Wow. Okay. It's, it has a little bit to do with my stories. I got married. I grew up in a ballet studio. My mother was a ballet teacher. My father was a self-employed executive. And I went to college in Boston, Northeastern University, studied journalism, worked in TV, radio, media, modeled for Ford models when I was in college and in the early part of my marriage, got I met my husband when I was the ripe old age of 17, got married at 22, turning 23, was married 21 years, had three lovely children, but the marriage turned out to be uncomfortable. I, I didn't marry a man. I married a family and that's okay. Families are wonderful. No, it was just what it, I, it wasn't what I envisioned. I came from a very small family. 
my mother was an only child and my father had one brother. So I uh, didn't have a lot of cousins. Wasn't used to the whole Italian thing with the 17 cousins and 47 people. I'm not exaggerating over for a holiday. It was very overwhelming to me. It felt very scary. I remember crying when they had a party for me and my birthday because I was just not used to all that, I don't know, stuff and attention and noise. And even though I'd been on stage as a dancer, I was an introvert living in an extrovert world. And so I got married real young and I didn't really know what I was getting myself involved in. It's my own fault. I, I should have mar waited until I was 35 to get married. If you're listening, don't get married too young. <laughs> anyway, by the ripe old age of 37 of teaching ballet for 20 years at my mother's studio, which I also didn't love doing, it wasn't my thing. Like I didn't want to be a ballerina. I was good at it. It was okay, but it was more like an obligation. And 20 years later, I quit the job at 37. And then I realized, oh my, like... Now I had nothing to do besides the children, which I loved, but it was still like the job kept me busy. If anybody has a career that you have to keep you busy so you don't have to yeah. deal with the things in your life that you really don't want to deal with, that was me. I was like, I'm just going to teach another 27 dance classes and pretend everything's fine. And I wore the, the little, I was a model and a dancer. So we, we smile and pretend everything's fabulous. And the expression I heard as a little girl was, the show must go on and never let them see you sweat and be a trooper. And I was, I learned, I, in fact, I excelled in it. I pretended I was happy. For a long time. Paulette, as you're telling this story, that is what is running through my mind. 21 years is a really long time to be feeling that way because I can imagine it was right when you walked into the marriage that you were probably like, whoa. This is a lot yeah, of people. It was this 23 to 43. And that's it. You change. Please mm -hmm. tell me if you're a human out there. Think back to who you were at 22, 23, 24. And if you've gotten as old as I am, now I'm 59. In your 40s, you're like, I am not the same person that I was at 22, right? Just graduated from college, got married, had the pink dress. I looked like Glinda the Good Witch. <laughs> I know. You laugh, Lisa. I did. I literally had strawberry blonde hair. And it was like, I looked and I had this big dress that was pink. I looked like I should see Dorothy and go, there's no place like <laughs> In fact, some people call me the divorce fairy godmother. <laughs> I would love to see a picture of that. Yeah, it's actually, no, I'll, I'll get you one. So I bet you it's we'll beautiful. Put, I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. Anyway, I made the decision that divorce as hard of a pill that was to swallow was a healthier decision for the family and the couple. And I thought it was going to be amicable. I thought it was going to be you know, difficult, emotional, horrible, and not right. trying to sound like a day at the beach. But I also thought that we could divorce with dignity and grace and wisdom and patience and respect. And it turned out to be an eight and a half year fully litigated divorce case that included a 12-day trial. And the 12-day oh. trial took place over nine months. And then after all of that, and the judge's decision came out, it was appealed uh, by my ex on 17 counts. And it took an additional four years in state Supreme Appellant Court. So hundreds of people started to hear about my story, read about my story. Gossip goes fast. Good news travels fast, Lisa, but bad news travels faster. Yeah. So it, it just became like all these people reaching out to me. And this is the early days of social media. Back when Instagram was when you put a picture of a rainbow, but it was like, 
it was very different. So it was like letters and my phone rang and I got te text messages back when it was one, two, three and four, five, six and seven, eight, nine. Remember that? I was like A, B. You're probably not old enough to know what I'm talking about. But Oh no, honey, I'm a grandma. I'm right there with you. <laughs> the flip phone thing and all that. Yep. Um, and it would always end up with, I read about your case. I heard about your case, but can you help me? would always be the, the answer or the, the response or the end of the conversation. And at first I said, no, I can barely help myself. Go away. With all due respect, I can't help myself. But after I was a, almost a decade, I started to say, okay, sure. Come on over. Made a lot of coffee, made a lot of tea. I was a yoga teacher. So Ayurvedic tea, of course, and macrobiotic chef. I would make them like miso soup and, and poured a good amount of wine and listened to hundreds of stories. And I started to take copious notes and I started to notice mistakes and success stories that not only did I make, but everyone else was making. And I went, Hey, there's, this is a problem and there's no solution. So I called my attorney and I said, should I go to law school? There's a lot of people asking me for help and I don't want to give advice and legal advice. And he was like, leave that to me. Anyway. Hey, Marty, he's six foot five and bald and triple eagle, Boston College, high school, college and law school. So he's got, his name's Maddie. You say Maddie when you're from Boston, go Red Sox. So anyway, they're horrible now, but they used to be really good back then. I love the Red Sox though, which is anyway, those poor Patriots suck now too. But back in the day when they were good, although I know, when I grew yeah. up, they were horrible. So now he said, Paulette, you owe it to give back to people. You have experienced what 99% of people never will. 97% of cases do not go to trial. 3% do, and only 1% of that 3% goes to appeals court. And I have experienced what 99% of people never will. And because of that, it gives me an insight and a depth and a breadth mm -hmm. that most people don't understand, which led me to found Better Divorce Academy, author Better Divorce Blueprint, and yes, host Better Divorce Podcast. Yeah. So I act as a credentialed private mediator that works with couples who are committed to avoid all just what I didn't experience, but it does take two to tango. I'll see you in court. Then I act as a certified divorce coach and I work with one of the parties. I hold their hand, lock arms with them, walk through the fire or the mud or the beach or wherever we're walking step-by-step step through their entire case from confusion to conclusion mm -hmm. so that they can make smart choices, save a ton of money, uh, an average of 40 to 70,000 in legal fees, mm -hmm. eight to 24 months in court, and a heck of a lot of bad decision-making. Um, most people don't realize it, Lisa, but divorce is a 50, I did say that, 50, five, zero billion with a B dollar industry. And I'm disrupting it. I want to make sure that people know that there are options, that I'm not pro-divorce. I'm not anti-litigation by any means. There are those cases that must litigate, but most don't need to. They don't need you, to. You are speaking my language, and that is what I do. I am blessed with clients who want to work together. I am a life coach, but I don't do a lot of divorce coaching. I mainly work with those couples. Also have a new Minnesota DIY divorce paperwork course for those people who can do it themselves. And I'm in there coaching them through it, giving them some legal information. So we're on the same page. I have that legal background and I have the mediation background. So I didn't go through a divorce like mm. you did, but I do have the legal knowledge where that's helpful. Well, don't think I give legal advice, Lisa. So I don't Neither say 
Neither do I. Yeah. There's generalizations about formalities and whether that be domestic relations, financial affidavits or depositions, and shall we call it discovery and interrogatories and other legal things that I talk about and educate about without giving legal advice. So yeah, it's just a matter of it being overwhelming and scary and expensive and so contentious and damaging. It can destroy families. I lived it. I get it. Yeah. Yeah, it certainly can. And as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking through some of my clients and I have some amazing stories of people who didn't like each other very much. And some of my listeners have heard this story, but there was one case in particular, and I was new at this, and I didn't know if it would work. The couple came in, they had left their attorneys and they said, we just want to get this settled. They were so dedicated to getting it settled and they wanted to meet so bad. So I said, okay, I'll meet with you. We said, I had my first little office in downtown Stillwater, Minnesota, and they case along the river. They came in and they were late. And they said, we're so sorry. He, husband, had to go pick up wife from jail because she was there for punching him in the face the day before. And I was like, oh, new, new at this. And I'm like, I don't think, yeah, I don't think this is going to work. We have to, and I think what I learned is I always thought I had to tell them how to talk to each other. Now I realize I'm soft-spoken. My husband and I don't really swear at each other, but some people do, and that's how they communicate. And they were both so dedicated. People would not believe it. They, We sat down for two hours and everything was agreed upon. And it wasn't easy, but it wasn't that hard. Right. So I think that, That's one thing I want to make clear too, because a lot of times people will say, you can't do a divorce amicably. Yeah, you can do it, but not always. You said that too. You add, and I think I always think of if there's any abuse or one person has more power, I want to catch that. And then I don't want to, I don't want to work with that. But when I'm thinking of you going through this in your situation, looking back at it, Was it a situation that if you knew what you knew now, do you think it would have changed the outcome? Or do you think you are just thrown in a bad spot so that you can sit and do the work that you're doing now and help other people? I believe that I wouldn't have been so naive and trusting. Mm -hmm. One of the many things you'll find on my website because there's a lot of stuff there. I've got hundreds of blogs and hundreds of podcast episodes, as as Lisa mentioned, the quizzes, downloadables, eBooks, templates, you name it. There's a lot of data there. But, But this one particular one is the 12 worst divorce mistakes people make. Oh, and I love that. one that I see is they trust their spouse to do the right thing. I, and I'm not saying that I was probably the the spouse, he trusted me to do the right thing, but it was, we just were young and naive and we trusted each other to just do the right thing. And what's the right thing? Just fill out the paperwork and mosey along the journey and trust the courts, trust the lawyers, trust the judge, trust the process, just allow it to unfold. And that's like going to Vegas. You just don't know what dice you're going to throw. It was a lot of just throwing up my hands and allowing the process to unfold. And that is a risk. 
Mm-hmm. It's just the rest. So there are the 11 more. We could probably would take more time to go through that, but you can download it on the website. But yeah. I do, but myself, it was just a matter of not understanding divorce, not understanding the law, the process, the Labertine system, not understanding that one was the plaintiff and one was the defendant. Yeah. We are now embroiled in a lawsuit. I also didn't understand that when I got married, I was engaged in a legal binding contract. I really didn't get that. Really Isn't that interesting? That. Marriage is a big deal. And yeah. when you go into it. About the pink dress and the cake and the wedding and the honeymoon. <laughs> I mean, I thought that we were committed. That was well and all. I grew up Catholic. Believe Boston and Me all. too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not trying to be yeah. sacrilegious there at friends. Right. But, um, <laughs> but that was, I was a child. Mom and dad yeah. got married. You're supposed to get married. That's just what you do when you're. You grow up, you do good in school, you graduate, you go to college, you get a degree, you get fall in love, you get married, you have babies. Did I miss something? That was the mm-hmm. list, right? And right. I didn't really understand the, the depth of that, the, the weight of that. So it, it was a problem. If I had been wiser, more educated, if I had a certified divorce coach, if I had uh, somebody that would take me by the hand and really educate me. Or us as a couple as to, hey, right. this is really how it works. There's premarital assets. There's non-marital assets. Yes. There's marital assets. And some states are community property. Some are equitable division. Mm-hmm. So make sure you do your homework with that. What does that even mean? And there would have been more room for um, understanding that. And I just said, you know what? Uh, fine. Tell me when to show up and where to show up. I have to be at the court What, where I wore the same shoes for eight and a half years. And then I burnt them. Oh, no. Yeah, I did. They were my lucky court shoes. And I wore the same black pleated trousers and a white linen blouse with gray cufflinks and a gray sweater or a black cardigan. In fact, I have a support group called the Gray Sweater Club. Because You're kidding. No, I'm not. It's And there are 140 women in it. I... I always recommend that you go to court looking and acting a, part, a, a role like being yeah. so many people you no know, insult to tie-dye but they wear their crocs with their tie-dye sweatpants in there and I'm like did yeah. you even brush your hair today yeah. it's a very court is a very formal mm-hmm. process and you there's a decorum there's a procedure there's a respect you mm-hmm. stand you raise your hand and you say Good morning, Your Honor. And you look them in the eye. And there's a certain way that you handle yourself in court. Yeah. Most people are taught that. They don't understand that. And it's very, eh, okay, I'll just go. And it needs to be respected, in my opinion. And I really took it a little bit too casually. Oh, you did. Okay, so that's interesting. And I think... I that, in- you know, it was eight and a half years of learning. Yeah, you've learned a lot. But I think in today's day and age, everyone is so casual. Yeah, that is really something. I mean, you don't go in with gum in your mouth. I mean, you, there oh, are the things. Water bottles and the yeah. gum and the, the hair yeah. that's like, yeah. you know. Why? Which I feel like I can't talk about my hair today because I told you oh, I gave I, up a hairdo for yoga. There's hair and then there's hair. <laughs> But it, yeah. it, it doesn't need to pick on hair, but it's more just the gum chomping and yeah. the, you know what I mean by the crinkly water bottles. Yeah. It's just like this, the wrappers and there's just this manner of being, it's respect. Formal. Really. 
virtually. It's formal, yeah. 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 And then, of course, we had the pandemic with court being on Zoom. I know. That, yes. that kind of also gave it a whole new trajectory. Yeah. But back in the day when I was divorced, there was no Zoom. I don't think Zoom existed. Uh, yeah. I know it didn't. So it was a more formal process than it is now. And being a mediator, 50% of my cases are mediated in person in my conference room. And 50% of my private mediations, because I have clients in 43 states, are mediated mm -hmm. just like this online, right. like caucusing in separate rooms or depending on how amicable and uncontested it is, we work it out together, just like a normal conversation. So it, it is a matter of being prepared, knowing, having a book like Better Divorce Blueprint. Yes. And, and it maps it out from beginning to end. So you have a blueprint. You wouldn't get, you wouldn't build a house without a blueprint. You wouldn't get divorced without knowing what you're doing. I did. Join the club. I I don't realize that it's a $50 billion industry. It, it is a big problem. Yeah. And it's interesting. I'm always a little bit shocked at how little people do know yeah. when they come to me. And so that consultation is really used a bit to educate them. Mm. And that is one thing that I tell people is if you're thinking about this, Start looking at what the law is. But here's the thing you mentioned mm -hmm. back a little bit, and I want to just touch on this. Mm -hmm. Hiring a divorce coach will save you money and time. And you can use a divorce coach however you want. Mm -hmm. But if you can get someone educating you, everything's going to go faster. So if you had a divorce coach <laughs> in your situation, just imagine how different it could have gone. There were no divorce coaches. I'm a pioneer and I have so many friends. I'm going to say 75 to 100 friends who are divorce coaches. And we work yeah. together. I'm a member of the Divorce Coalition, the National Association of Divorce Professionals, Certified Divorce Coach, Amicable Divorce Network. Yeah. Um, I can keep going. So I know a lot of divorce coaches and I'm the director of coaching and case management for a company called Divorce Right where we have over 50 divorce coaches that work with HR departments or corporations to match company employees to divorce coaches. I love to that. Help them make divorce easier, faster, better, and smoother. So they don't lose their job because right. company employees lose 43% productivity for the entire yeah. duration of their divorce, which can last somewhere between two to five years. That's a long time for your that employees. Is come in late, leave early, stare at their computer with their eyes rolling back in their head and feel distracted because they've got a lot going on in their life based on the divorce. I love, so you actually have employers that hire you to help their client or their employees, employees who are yes. going through a divorce. Correct. That's amazing. Congrats. You are changing this. And I I'm so am with you. Then, Lisa. I am on a mission. It's called so divorceright.com. Divorce as in correct. R-I-G-H-T. Okay. I think it's actually divorcerightinc.com. Okay. The website. I'm writing that down. Go so to divorce. It will come up. And then Better Divorce Academy is the personal solution to divorce, whereas divorce is the corporate solution. Divorce costs, I think it's a $250 billion a year that divorce yeah. costs companies a year. It's a, it's a big problem. Yeah. Good for you. I love that you saw the numbers. Let's say you own a small business and you've got a hundred employees, right? What percentage of those employees will divorce? You can't control it. 
Uh, and again, this isn't a pro-divorce or an anti-divorce. Right. It's just the facts, like mm -hmm. love it or leave it. It is what it is. So what percentage of those 100 employees in this example are going to divorce? I don't know. Some are between four to eight. Right. So just say in, in about 50% of them quit. Okay. What? Now your HR department's got to go replace four people. And the other four are sitting there going, they're so overwhelmed. Yes. They can't be focused on their work. Yeah. There's a thing called presenteeism, right? So mm -hmm. they're present, but they're not really. Right. Yeah. Yep. So this is so good. Going on, mm -hmm. the children, the money, the schedule, the court appearances, all the data, the paperwork, the filing, the and paying for it. Huh? Do we even mention right. that? Even if it were free, it's still not a good idea. Exactly. So Let me too, Paulette. Do you work when you do coaching? Is it mainly information and helping them through, or do you do any of that mindset stuff to get them in a better place? I do chapters one, two, and three. It's backwards in the book. I'm getting that book, by the way. I'll have before. It. So I start off with just those very topics, Lisa, where we start with your thought process, yeah. feeling your feelings, deciding what you want, being responsibility responsible for yourself, knowing all the deal breakers, all the red flags, the, the yellow mm -hmm. flags how to prepare and protect yourself, doing less and feeling more. So you're really slowing, not having this mindset that, oh, I already know that, taking for granted. You can't have too much information. Honoring your values, knowing how to tell the children, what to tell the yeah. children, not yeah. to tell the children, how to decide what's right for you, how to end the marriage, understanding the different methods, how to mitigate outside influences, how to practice mindfulness, taking control of the situation. Yeah. That's just chapters one and two. So yes, we don't just start awesome. with the derfa. Yep, because it's all a part of it. You're gonna. It's fail. all part of it. Yep, yep, yep. Okay, I am looking at the time. I can't even believe how fast this has gone. I could talk to you forever, but as I'm out in the barn, so we're gonna rein it in now. And I always at the end ask my guests for one little piece of advice. It can be something that anyone or a divorced person can do right now to make their life better. Yeah. Anytime you're faced with a problem, a concern, an issue, or a decision that you have to make, that isn't just Coke or Pepsi. That's a game I used to play, like black or white, winter, yeah. summer, green or red. When you have it, like instant answer. When it doesn't come to you instantly, you have to step back and mm -hmm. look at the big picture and then chunk it into little tiny bite-sized pieces it will be less scary and feel more palatable for you mm -hmm. to be able to make wise decisions when you can look at any decision or any problem in a step-by-step -step journey or path or blueprint instead of, ah, here's the big problem. Yeah. This For being somebody who's whole foods, plant-based, it's a horrible analogy, but what's the best way to eat an elephant? one bite at a time. I've ever eaten an elephant or know anyone that has, but so <laughs> who made that up? But you know, I know. When, when there's this big problem, yeah. you can't just shove the whole ele elephant in your mouth. So you got to really look at it slowly. And that's a lot of what the work that we do as a certified divorce coach is to look at the problem and make it a very digestible solution. Yeah so good. Paula, it has been 
such a pleasure to have you. And listeners, go find her at Better or Better Divorce Academy. And is it and then divorce? BetterDivorceAcademy.com if you're interested in private mediation and certified mm-hmm. divorce coaching. But if you own a business or you're in HR, go to divorceinc.com. Also, go listen to our podcast. It's amazing. Everything will be in the show notes. Paulette, thank you. It was a pleasure to get to know you. I appreciate your time. Thank you, Lisa. Take good care. Thank you for listening to the Doing Divorce Different podcast. Connect with us at lisakoski.com and sign up for our newsletter.